Welcome to Podland. Podland is sponsored by Buzzsprout, the easiest way to host, promote and track your podcast there at buzzsprout.com. It's Thursday, March the 4th, 2021. I'm James Cridland, the editor of Pod News here in Australia. And I'm Sam Sethi, the editor of Sound Talks Technology here in the UK. And I'm Calvin from Sounder.fm and later I'll be talking about our podcast platform. He will. Podland is a weekly podcast where Sam and I delve deeper into the week's podcasting news, which I cover daily at podnews.net. Please get involved with this podcast. Send us a voice message to questions at Podland News, or you can tweet us at Podland News. This week's top stories, uh, the Ambies. Uh, the Ambies are the awards, and we have the announcement of the nominees, James. Who are they? We do, yes. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them, Sam, because there are 164 nominees across 23 categories. But I think what's really cool about this, and literally they have just been unveiled, we've been holding back this episode of this podcast especially but what I think is really cool about it is that every member of the Podcast Academy will be able to vote. So if you are a big fan of some of the nominations, uh, then you can go in and vote. And if you're not a member of the Podcast Academy, you can still join and then go and vote, which is a good thing. Podcast of the Year has about 10 nominations there, but it's a Blockbuster, The Story of James Cameron, Bunga Bunga, Chasing Cosby, Detours, Dirt Diana, Dying for Sex, For Life, The Podcast, Forgotten, Women of Juarez, Say Their Name and The Happiness Lab. And I think just looking at those, that's a really good sort of precy of what's been going on in the podcast industry over the last 12 months. There's a bunch of really good bits of journalism in there. There's some really good podcasts which have been sort of covering some of the things that um, the world has been talking about. Have you had a chance to have a, a quick flick through? I haven't, and I will be now uh, because I think I'm sad to say I'm, I'm I only listen to certain podcasts. I'm not um, I don't read books in the same way as I don't listen to podcasts about crime thrillers, documentaries. I'm not that sort of person. My 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 reading habits on Audible, for example, are all about business or all about technology. So um, the list that you read out, I was listening going, hmm, do I want to listen to any of those? I probably don't. I mean, I'm not a Joe Rogan fan either. I don't have the time for four hours. I just don't know when people find it. But uh, clearly, they are massive podcasts and lots of people do enjoy them. It's just not my genre of podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the interesting things around the nominations are the amount of shows which have got more than one nomination. So there are three podcasts which have four nominations, uh, Dirty Diana, the Left Right Game and Wind of Change. Uh, very familiar with uh, Wind of Change. It was that uh, podcast all about the Scorpions song, which apparently was um, funded by the CIA or something and overthrew communism or something weird and wonderful such as uh, that. Listen to the podcast, I guess you'll find out. Yes, indeed. I'll be <laughs> frank, I don't necessarily recognise the Left Right Game or Dirty Diana, but I'm sure I would if I actually looked them up. And one of the things that you'll see tomorrow in Pod News is a full list of the nominations, but also links to have a listen to all of them, which will be an important thing. And you'll also find some stats in terms of some of the publishers uh, behind them, because I think that's also an interesting thing to end up doing. I'd say, you know, looking at the list that I'm looking at so far 
It looks very American to me. It looks very focused on the US. And that is a good thing in some respects, in a bad thing in other respects, because I think it would be nice for this to have had a little bit more of a global feeling to it. Did you enter these awards? Embarrassingly, I did. Yes, I did. But I did so more on the case. What did you enter under? Uh, Business and technology. But I, it was embarrassingly because I'd paid my $50 to be a member. I thought I might as well, you know, put an entry in. You entered, didn't you, as well? I, I entered as well. The first thing, so I had a theory that nobody was entering. And so if you enter an award that nobody enters, then you'll do really well. Clearly, my theory was entirely incorrect because there are loads of things in here. But I entered Best News Podcast for Pod News as if that was ever going to work. What's in there? You've got Do No Harm, Don't Know, Post Report from the Washington Post, suspicious activity inside the FinCEN files, the journal from the Wall Street Journal today explained from uh, Vox, Vice News reports, and what next? It's hardly likely that Pod News is going to be in there. My two minutes rattled through the news. Um, But nevertheless, you know, at least least I entered. And uh, if you don't enter, then you're guaranteed not to win. What was the process of nomination? Who could get on this list? How was the list chosen? How was it whittled down? Do we know? Um, Well, we will talk next week to Donald Albright, who's the chairman of the Podcast Academy, and we can ask him that question. My understanding is that um, a lot of judges had to listen to all of these so that they could actually whittle down from the full list. The press release doesn't actually say, which is interesting. But I quite like the idea that judges would have whittled down the list, but then the list is up to us, the members of the Podcast Academy, to make the final choice. There is a Governor's Award as well, by the way. I'm quite excited by that because I think that that does stop judges' favourites from automatically being there at number one or people who you know and you want to be nice to them. That kind of stuff is taken away. What obviously it does sort of add is it adds a little bit of entertainment in terms of um, people trying to hack the results. I think one of the things that I'm interested in doing is to see how much independent stuff there is in here. So part of the analysis I'll be doing is independent versus big publishers, but also US versus non-US, just to sort of have a look. Um, Not really meant as a criticism, but really more just to, to help us understand what sort of content is out there and what sort of content is being nominated for these types of awards. Yeah, and the hour-long ceremony uh, will be streamed live on YouTube, Twitch and other platforms on Sunday, May the 16th uh, from Los Angeles at 5pm Pacific time and 8pm Eastern time. So what time that is for me and you, James, who knows? It'll be late in the evening for you and it'll be uh, nice and bright in the morning for me. There's a pre-show starting at 4.30 Pacific time, 7.30 New York time on May the 16th. And the awards show is being run, I understand, by Podcast Movement. And they're a very good uh, set of people to have uh, involved in this. So the Ambies should be a good thing. I also noticed that they've got a brand new logo on their press release as well, which is um, actually quite nice. Now, 
Sounder, a podcast management and monetization platform, has raised 2.15 million in a seed round. They've raised 4 million in the past 14 months. That's right. Yes, I caught up. That seems an awful lot of money. I caught up with Cal Amin, the co-founder and the CEO of Sounder. And the first question, obviously, that I asked is, are you spending all of the money on speedboats and champagne? <laughs> That's right. No, no, no. We're very excited. Again, you know, it's obviously very hard to raise during the pandemic that we're going through. So we're very excited to have this funding in-house. It really allows us to operate our plan for 2021. And really the focus is on our core mission, really helping creators drive discovery and growth. And what that actually means for us is helping creators gain more audience, engage that audience, and ultimately monetize that audience as well. So what we've built from a technology standpoint is really a strong speech-to-text technology and using those transcripts to really power new discoverable moments, to find new ways to engage through interactive moments, and ultimately creating new ways to create monetizable moments for that content as well. So a lot of the funding will go to really power research and development around those key areas. You do a lot more than a normal podcast host, don't you? We do, yeah. We'd like to think of ourselves as more of an audio management platform. We talk about ourselves as an end-to-end technology platform for audio. And our goal there is to really help creators not only onboarding their content and being that hosting provider, but ultimately helping them grow, right? If you think about the industry, we talk about the 1% really driving a tremendous amount of the audio listenership today. What about everybody else? And how do we think about creating tools and services that allow them to grow, either using our technology or learning from some of the best practices that we've been able to capture through our community? You offer sound bites. You do a curious looking MRSS feed for synchronizing embedded multimedia feeds, which sounds uh, interesting. And transcription, audio search, SEO, all of this stuff. Is this proprietary stuff to you guys? Or are you working with other people to get this into additional platforms as well? Yeah, it's a great question. So late, it was middle of last year. So around June of 2020, we launched what we call the Sounder Discovery Suite. And a lot of the features and tools that you mentioned fit within that discovery toolkit, right? Everything from search, audio share or sound bites as we call them, audio SEO, the ability to really have your content optimized on search engines such as Google. In Google's own words, they're now taking audio much more seriously, making it a first class citizen within their results. So the opportunity to really you know, create an optimized approach. So all this is built on our proprietary technology. The foundation of this is our automated speech recognition technology, which is the speech to text. That allows us to create a transcript for every single piece of content, then using that to power search shareable moments. Obviously, a lot of that transcript power for SEO and the metadata that comes with that, but all that's built on our proprietary technology that we've built in-house. Podcast Index, for example, has a thing in their new namespace around sound bites, and I think they even call them sound bites, which is interesting. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, okay. And they also have um, particular tags for transcriptions as well. Is that something that at some point in the future you might be looking at working w- with them to to uh, add those features to your RSS feeds? Yeah, listen, I think that's 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 exactly right. You know, as we think about the overall industry, when we talk about our platform, when when Dan and I started this company, we talked about the fact that you know we we saw a need. First of all, we saw this need that the entire industry was really fragmented. Right? There were 
uh, multiple players really servicing one part of that creation journey. And our goal really was to create something that was much more end-to-end. And that's what we're focused on. But the other big piece of this is as we see some of the larger incumbents really becoming much more closed in terms of the services that they offer, we do believe in an open ecosystem. We believe in the fact that we want to work with the community to create tools, services, and features that allow for every single creator and every single developer to be successful. So yeah, I think in, the, in that environment with that kind of that being part of our mission, we certainly want to work with, with other companies to really accelerate audio and more you know, quality content creation and quality discovery as well. Yeah, it's great to hear you talking about open tech. You also do monetization uh, options as well. Does that mean that anybody can earn money with their podcast as well? Yeah, that's the goal. So we've we've done two things within the monetization space to start. Uh, and this happened really late last year. So we're still early in the monetization game. We brought on a third-party sales team to help us really drive more of the bigger brand conversations for the publishers on the platform who have a, a meaningful audience, right? So if you're looking at anyone who has about 10,000 plus downloads per month, we work with our third-party sales team to really bring the, those types of brands to, to those publishers. And then for the larger set of publishers on the platform or podcasts on the platform, we've integrated with a DAI solution through Triton. And we offer that for the larger podcast community. But that's just the beginning, right? As we think about monetization and going back to this conversation around the, the speech-to-text technology, we believe there are really valuable ways to use that technology and those transcripts to really create new taxonomies, new categorization, and keyword-based ad models that can power the future of, of audio advertising for the podcast and overall audio space. So that's something we're focused on as well. well one of the issues I have is I work for, I'm on the board of a radio station here in Brisbane in Australia, which is called Reading Radio, which is a radio station which reads bits of the newspaper um, out to people that uh, can't read. And my uh, co-host, uh, Sam, uh, lives very close to a place called Reading in the UK. Uh, now, Reading is a very different place and indeed concept to reading. Yet, of course, they both look exactly the same in terms of uh, text. So taxonomies really help with this sort of thing. They do. They really do. And again, the, the entire industry is, is, is going through this you know, evolution as we think about the technology that's going to power the future of audio. And the bet that we've made around speech to text and transcription is foundational, right? So that is just the first step. Leveraging natural language processing technologies, building new data sets that live on top of that technology should allow us over time to do exactly what you're saying is really identify entities and sentiment and different ways to understand the audio content to bring new ways to create discoverable moments, but also new monetizable moments as well. So that's the whole concept and the whole idea around the technology. So when we talk about what we do for creators, we really do focus on helping them be discovered and then monetize. And what we've started with is that speech to text component that really is helping creators grow today, which is we're excited by. So, Cal, what do you see the future being for podcast platforms? Will all of them have to evolve as you have and add all of these additional features? Yeah, I think for us, the way we think about this is that there's, 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 this comes in waves, right? So if you think about kind of where the industry is today, many of the hosting platforms that, that are available, they provide you with hosting and they provide you with monetization. My belief is that what creators will be looking for as this entire industry becomes much more savvy in the space, really turning this art form into a business. We believe that 
having that end-to-end solution is very, very important, right? So everything from creation to editing to guest management and scheduling all the way through growth and monetization tools, we think that's going to be important for creators. And the more people that are creating content, having those tools available, making it very simple and intuitive so they understand how to use those tools and leverage those tools to create growth, we think is going to be very, very important. So it is that end-to-end approach that's going to become much more front and center as we think about the next wave of tech platforms for audio. Well, Cal, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Cal Amin from Sounder just does look like a really interesting podcast host that. And, you know, a podcast host that's added all of the knobs and twiddles and everything else. I got the feeling talking to him that uh, he was really keen to work with the rest of the industry on this, but also obviously to keep some of the secret sauce for himself as you would be. But uh, some really interesting stuff that they're working on. So um, thank him for his time. Excellent. Let's just take a quick break. Welcome to High Street Matters, a regular podcast from Byra, the British Independent Retailers Association. My name's Steve Dyson, and I'm a journalist who's interviewing top business owners and experts here at Byra about issues which impact independent retailers today. We'll be talking to a cross-section of our members from around the UK, from single retail outlets to small chains, and from large department stores to leisure and hospitality. We plan to provide top tips to help businesses stay ahead of the retail curve. High Street Matters. Thanks for listening. Now... Tech Meme, who I've been a fan of for many, many years, I know the CEO quite well, uh, have a podcast called Tech Meme Ride Home. And it seems, James, from the press release, they're the first podcast to release an NFT. What's an NFT, James? Well, an NFT, as anybody knows, stands for non-fungible token. There you go. That's easy for you to say. (laughs) And uh, now it's absolutely clear what it is, isn't it? It's one of these weird internet fads, I think, going around at the moment where you can buy digital artwork, which can be copied perfectly. So why would you want to buy it? But anyway, you can buy it and you can spend an awful lot of money on it. And Tech Meme Ride Home released their podcast as an NFT, which I think is the first. And uh, when I went to have a look at it, it was for sale at $3.16. So I'm not sure that anybody's going to get rich out of this, but nevertheless, it was a nice story. Dave Jones, our friend over at Podcast Index, also wrote about the value tag and how it works using cryptocurrency. Have you had a read of that report? Yeah, it's a great piece, actually. He's written two articles. One of them is very dry and technical and explains how the specification works, which you can probably happily ignore. The other one, though, actually goes into the point behind the value tag and the importance that having a different business model for podcasting that isn't just a 30 second ad of somebody shouting at you about mattresses, but is a different way of earning money from your creative. He basically writes about how important that is. Very difficult, very complicated at the moment. You can listen to Pod News. You can't listen to this podcast yet, but you can listen to Pod News on the Sphinx Chat app. You can load that app up with Satoshi. And then as you listen, then I get a small amount of cryptocurrency 
cryptocurrency, which I have no idea what to do with. But it's all really interesting. And the last thing I thought that was really interesting in terms of because of my technical background Podcast Index's database is now on IPFS. Yeah, this is some weird and wonderful system that I don't fully understand around hosting data. I think it's got something to do again with the blockchain and stuff like that. The interesting thing from my point of view is that it is a downloadable directory of every single podcast out there with all of these stories, with the NFT stuff, with the cryptocurrency, with the IPFS stuff. Everything is all around the new ways of the internet working in this blockchain fashion. And uh, yeah, I think it's interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, IPFS is the Interplanetary File System, which is a protocol and a peer-to-peer network for storing and sharing data in a distributed file system. So basically, yes, you're right, it's part of the blockchain. And it's quite interesting that they're building on a distributed file system. So it means the index can be available to many people in many places, but all at the same time. It sounds as if you just looked that up on Wikipedia there. No, the first (laughs) sentence I did, the second sentence was all mine. I have to tell you that now. (laughs) So the second sentence is probably all wrong, but that's okay. (laughs) Now then, uh, there's a race going on, isn't there, Sam? There is. In first place and second place, we have a race going on with our good friends at Apple and and Spotify, certainly after Spotify's big announcements last week. You're good friends at Apple. (laughs) Yes, I don't know anyone at Apple. I actually genuinely don't, I believe. But um, (laughs) there was a report this week that you wrote about from eMarketeer claiming that Spotify will overtake Apple podcasts in the US in listeners. Let's qualify that all the way down this year, but not downloads. So it's basically, yes, they will overtake, but it's in a very narrow field. What was that all about, James? Yeah, I don't understand eMarketer. I'll have to be honest with you. They publish an awful lot of research in inverted commas, but there's absolutely no methodology in there. There's no source for the data. It's just, you know, it's just a source, eMarketer. I mean, it may just be a bloke called Bob in a back room. I don't know. But anyway, his claim or eMarketer's claim is that Spotify will overtake Apple Podcasts by US total listeners. Now, the last time I asked PodTrack for some numbers on this, Spotify had 25% of the market in terms of unique listeners and Apple Podcasts had 33% roughly. So it was a quarter for Spotify, a third for Apple. Downloads is very, very different. Looking at human beings, Spotify is actually doing pretty well. I do notice that there's um, an angry uh, article in a podcast business journal saying, no, 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 they've got it all wrong. Look, Spotify is far, far smaller than Apple and showing downloads. Well, yes, they are far smaller in terms of downloads, but that's not what this is saying. And I wish people would just, you know, take a breath and read what the thing says. Listeners, not downloads. So that's a kind of one thing. Will Spotify or Apple be number one? And then there's a race for third and fourth place, uh, isn't there as well? There is. Look, if there's one report, why not have two? Sharon Taylor, the CEO of Omni Studios, has released her predictions for podcasting in 2021. And the company owned by Triton Digital puts Amazon Music ahead of Google Podcasts for downloads, though, this time, James in 2020. What do you think? Quite an astonishing figure because Amazon Music really only launched towards the end of last year. 
And it says here that Amazon Music is ahead of Google Podcasts, not by much, but still, you know, ahead of Google Podcasts, which has been going for quite some time. I'm kind of looking at this and thinking, well, that's interesting because I don't know whether Google Podcasts really is going to be smaller than Amazon Music. Amazon Music's only in a few countries as well. Interesting seeing that data. I'm sure it's absolutely correct because everything that Omni Studio does is absolutely correct, but it came as a surprise. Well, I guess if Spotify can open up 83 countries pretty quickly, there's nothing to stop Amazon when they want to, to open up many, many countries uh, and jump ahead in in their downloads and podcasting, I guess. There's nothing, uh, if they're just testing the market right now before they're ready to roll, but when they want to roll, they've got the money, they've got the infrastructure, there's nothing that will stop them. Now, Twitter on Friday announced at a earnings call uh, with analysts that they're going to introduce things called communities, paywalls, super follows, James, spaces, and of course their acquisition they talked of of Revu, the newsletter. Now, James, you're going to be doing something on Spaces this week. And what is Spaces for those who don't know? Yes. So Spaces is what is going to kill Clubhouse. And so Clubhouse is going to die, uh, <laughs> I predict. I give it six months. This is this was my prediction from a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not, I'm not backing down on it. Excellent. Because I reckon that uh, Twitter will be a much more interesting place for these sorts of things. But it is essentially, it's Clubhouse and very, very similar. I'm looking forward to taking part in a spaces space on Friday, 6.45pm New York time. Uh, You need to be either following Pod News or following me. In fact, you need to be following both because I'm not quite sure which of those accounts I'm actually going to appear under. So you should follow Pod News or me. I'm James Cridland on Twitter. And if you're using either Android or iPhone, then you can have a listen, uh, which is great. So Twitter Spaces is already on Android if you want to have a listen. Um, You may need to download the beta version of the Twitter app if you're on Android and you do that by going to Google Play and and opting into the beta. Sorry. So just to be clear, are you saying that Twitter Spaces is available for everyone on the beta if they download the beta? To be really clear, if you download the beta version of the app on Android, then you can take part in Twitter Spaces. You can't initiate your own space yet because they haven't built that bit in. But if you see one of your iOS running friends in a Twitter space of their own, then you can join, you can listen, you can take part, you can do all of that stuff. So, um, you know, it's still very much beta. They'll probably have fixed that by this time next week. They seem to be moving very, very fast indeed. But uh, yeah, so if you have an Android phone and you've been cut out of Clubhouse so far, then worry not because Twitter is coming for you and you can already take part. I have to say, I was listening to five minutes of Clubhouse this morning and laughing my socks off because it was a room called The Room. And I have no idea because it was an American spat going on, but Jason Calacanis, he of fame in uh, the tech VC world, Mm. was calling out one of the Shark Tank people for spamming and hustling people. So it was hilarious. It was it eventually ended up with them saying, I'll see you outside practically, oh, really? you know, wow. put down clubhouse and let's go outside and sort this out. It was great. It was for five minutes. It was hilarious. Wow. Now, 
So we talked a few weeks ago, James, to one of the organisers of Africa Podfest, and one of your observations was that wouldn't it be great if we could have a, a lower bit rate, because in Africa they have to pay for their downloads in terms of bandwidth. And I know the podcast index has been working on an alternative uh, tag for that, but you spotted a story from Google who are doing something called Lyra. What's Lyra? Yeah, so um, Lyra is not Lycra. That, that, that's a thing that you wear when you're on bicycles. Uh, no, that's Lycra. <laughs> this is Lyra, which is a new audio codec, which the company says is a high-quality, very low bitrate speech codec. It's always good with these things to actually have a listen. Uh, so uh, this from their website is the piece of original WAV file that they put up. When a man looks for something beyond his reach, his friends say he's looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And then this is that clip again in the Lyra audio codec at just three kilobits a second. When a man looks for something beyond his reach, his friends say he's looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And really, there's very little difference. Yes, it clearly sounds as if it's um, been compressed a little bit, but really very little difference. And that could you know, make quite a difference between, you know, a typical 128K MP3, which if you are paying a lot for mobile data, as they do in many parts of Africa, is actually quite expensive for you to download. If you could get away with using Lyra, a, a three kilobits a second file, and then you could really cut down the price of downloading a podcast. And I think that's very exciting. The company plans to make the audio Kodak open source. And of course, it was built using artificial intelligence and machine learning because nothing these days gets built without artificial intelligence and machine learning from my point of view. Yeah. And no humans were involved in the making of this product. Now, um, <laughs> the, the thing that I thought was interesting is that it's great that they've done that, but Google are great at producing technologies like this before. They produced web, uh, uh P. I don't know if you've come across that as mm. a image, uh, protocol. Every time I come across it, I'm like frustrated because yes, I know that the web designer is looking at it for minimizing the download of an image and optimizing it. But invariably, 99% of the world doesn't care. And, and most other websites I go to are JPEG or PNG. Um, and so WebP, I don't think has taken off. I wonder whether Lyra will be the same, you know, a great technology that could save download space and time but nobody really cares. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very Western thing. I mean, Pod News uses WebP everywhere. If you're on a browser that supports it, the standard browser on iOS or on the Apple Mac only started supporting it with the very latest version of the OS. So, you know, Apple, I think, deliberately dragging their heels there because it's something made by Google. And similarly, they're using this Lyra audio codec along with a video codec that Google have also built called AV1, and they're using that for video calls. And so theoretically, you should be able to do a really good quality video call with uh, just a standard, you know, GPRS phone. So, you know, very low bit rate, very low data rate. So that's, you know, that's interesting. But as you say, I think it takes such a long time for these things to be incorporated into particularly products from Apple, because there's very clearly a not invented here thing there. I think they're still angry about uh, Google having Android. Uh, yes, they shouldn't have been sat on the board at the time. But anyway, that's another story. Now, 
Uh, it's Women's History Month this <laughs> month, clearly. Um, and for Women's History Month, you had a story about a Lady Bird Johnson. Yes, I really love this uh, story. So it's Women's History Month uh, this month in the US, the UK and Australia. Um, it is, of course, International Women's Day on March the 8th as well. And I just love this. Uh, it turns out that the wife of Lyndon B. Johnson, the president of the United States in the mid to late 60s, Claudia Alta Lady Bird Johnson, to give her her full name, was doing audio diaries. She recorded more than 123 hours of audio diaries during her time in the White House. And I just thought, what a wonderful idea for a podcast. This is a podcast called In Plain Sight. It's from ABC News in the US. And it's basically all of the juicy bits from the audio diaries that she recorded, put into context with a lot of other pieces of, um, of audio in there as well. What a great idea. And, you know, quite well done, you know, as well. So I thought, I, I thought that that works, you know, really uh, very well. The first two episodes, dropped on Monday, the 1st of March, and they're continuing all this month. Well, you know, what strikes me is that's amazing, but also I'm quite surprised that somebody actually was podcasting before Adam Curry. I thought he started it all, but clearly he didn't. <laughs> so well done, Lady Bird Johnson. Don't tell Todd Cochran. He'll only start shouting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now, um, moving swiftly on, um, there's other stuff around Women's History Month um, going on in the UK, isn't there, Sam? Yeah, there's a great event that I think uh, we wanted to highlight called Women in Audio. It starts on March the 8th, going through to March the 12th. It's free. It is a virtual event, so... You can visit their website and I'll put the sh that in the show notes. The webinar series is an inspiring skills sharing conversation with five leading women. Uh, you've got Kirsty Walk, who's a news presenter from Newsnight here in the UK. You've got Sangeeta Pilal, the creative Masala podcast, Georgia Cat, who's the award winning producer and best known for the missing crypto queen. And I think there's a couple other speakers in there, Stephanie Hurst and Vicky Clark. I, certainly recommend listening to it it's 1 p.m uk time check it out it's women in history week and i think this is a great event we don't normally publicize other events as much but i think this is one to tune into yeah no uh, absolutely and you'll find all of the times and all of the days at pod.events uh, of course as well so, James, what's going on for you this month in Podland? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a busy old week. And if I'm sounding a bit tired, it's because I was speaking at the Rain Podcast Business Summit yesterday. And I was speaking at two o'clock in the morning, uh, Australian time. And uh, it's the second overnight podcast conference that I've spoken at in the last week. So, um, yeah, so I don't know whether I'm coming or going at the moment. It's quite a thing. But that was good to speak at. I am also on the Sounds Profitable podcast this week. I mean, I'm always on it, but I'm on it as the guest as well this week. Brian Barletta talks to me about RSS user agents. If you are a little bit more technical and you want to hear about that, then you'll find Sounds Profitable in your podcast app of choice. 
It's available in all good podcast apps and some bad ones as well. And I also spoke last week at Podfest as well, which was um, you know really enjoyable. They've been finishing their big mega week this week. I clearly wasn't important enough to get into the big mega week, but it's the week that they hope will set a new Guinness World Record for the biggest uh, number of people going to a virtual conference about podcasting called Podfest or whatever the uh, the uh, whatever the record is for. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, but uh, that that was a great event too. And it's uh, you know Chris Krimitsos does a fantastic job there. And looking forward to Radio Days Asia in a couple of weeks' time, when again I will be speaking along with a bunch of other podcasters and doing a great big uh, panel session, which I really must get around to organising. So all of that is coming up for me. It's been a big week for you as well, Sam, hasn't it? Because you launched a new radio station. Yes. Now, next time anyone says, I've got an idea to launch a radio station, shoot me. Um, But no, (laughs) it's great. How long did it take before you fell off the air? Uh, we didn't. No, no. Because <laughs> that's because that's what always used to go on when you launched a new radio station. It would it would go for about four hours, and then something would go wrong, and the whole thing. That's how Virgin Radio went on the air <laughs> in 1993. The whole station fell off the air for 15 minutes. Nobody talks about that bit. <laughs> yes, we we, we had. To, <laughs> but you you had a flawless start, did you? Day one was flawless. Yeah, that was great. Day two, we'll, I'll tell you about in a minute. But day one was uh, day one was fine. And it was great, and it was it was fantastic actually. After six months of planning to actually get it out the door um we're doing a soft launch we're not making a big splash although it's called river radio and uh the idea behind it really is we've got I see what you did there oh, thank you very much and we've got four shows that are running we've got four new shows next week and we've got four in the next week etc so by by the end of march we will have 20 shows running that's the goal otherwise i would be dead if i tried to do 20 in one go but yeah we it's all great and it's a learning curve for me and I'm enjoying it actually. I mean, I've got to get up very early in the morning and I go to bed very late at night because uh, you're working at both ends. But, you know, it's something I've never done and it was something I wanted to try and mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes in a few weeks' time. Very cool. So you can listen at river.radio, is that right? You can indeed. Thank you, James, for that plug. And that's it for this week. If you've enjoyed your trip to Podland, come back again anytime. You can subscribe on all the major podcast players or visit our website at www.podland.news. And if you enjoyed this episode, thank you. And please tell your friends by sharing us on your socials. We'd love to have your comments about anything on the show today. Send us a voice comment to questions at podland.news or tweet us at Podland News. If you want daily news, you should subscribe to the Daily Pod News newsletter. It's free at podnews.net. And that's where you'll find the links for all the stories we've mentioned this week and rather a lot more too. Music is from Ignite Jingles. We use Squadcast for our interviews this week. It was edited by me on Hindenburg Journalist Pro. And we're hosted and sponsored by Buzzsprout. We'll see you in Podland next week. Keep listening. Keep listening.